0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears on Tap podcast. My name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Stats, and you can find all of our work over at onTap at ontapsportsnet.com. Today, we are joined by an awesome guest. If you guys aren't paying attention to his podcast or his content he puts out on Twitter, please go check it out. He goes by Stark Kyle Orton on Twitter. I believe the L is an I. Is that cool? The L is an I, the original start Kyle
1: Orton Twitter account was lost for reasons I need not discuss here. We'll, we'll call it a a joke that Twitter moderation maybe didn't find very funny. So yes, if you want <laughs> to find me on Twitter now, it is, it's start Kyle Orton, but the L is now an I. So I guess it's technically okay. start Kai e. Orton, but yeah, <laughs> I am there.
0: Yeah. Sounds like Kyrie. Um, But so, and your podcast, it's, I love y'all's podcast. I think it's it's just a really good mix of like really good football breakdown, but also like lighthearted and funny. And there's like plenty of jokes to go around. It mixes them well, which sometimes I feel like you have a hard time finding a mix of sometimes it's like you either have hard, like cold, hearted analysis or like, funny but not actually good analysis and you guys hit it hit a nice point in the middle I think thanks for saying that man that's that's really what
1: we aim for um my my co-host is literally the guy who's been my best friend since seventh grade we 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 consider the podcast just kind of an extension of the conversations that we had in every classroom that oftentimes landed us um the week that the, the bears went to the super bowl during our senior year and the weeks leading up to that super bowl we we definitely got in trouble for excessive bears talk in class that yeah. time too so yeah we just got to see that as just an extension of the conversations that we have um every day i think i'm a little more analytical statistical than he is but yeah we've always thought we had a good mix and this is actually the second iteration of what we call the cast we did it Back when we were in college, we took a break while we had kids and also Mark Tressman happened and no one really wanted to talk about that anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we're break. having a lot. Of, we're having a good time with it. And yeah. So, yeah, if you guys are looking for the Start Kyle Orton podcast, we're everywhere. Podcasts are sold. Just Google. You'll find us.
0: <laughs> Wait, they pay, they pay him. They pay for him now. Man, why I don't know. I, do? I don't think anyone pays um, for it. No. <laughs> I just wherever you um, wherever you
1: listen to a podcast, I'm I'm pretty sure Travis has got us up there now. I know the, the Google one was like the last one he was trying to get. So uh, if you just Google "Start Kyle Orton Podcasts," we're out there. We we've done about twenty some episodes so far since we came back. We're having a good time with it.
0: Yeah, anyone listening, go check it out. Um, but we are not here to just talk about podcasts. No, here absolutely to talk not. About our beloved. Sometimes hated, but mostly beloved. Chicago Bears. So training camp is like we're right in the heart of it right now. It's I I've I've been noticing the last few days, I'm much more on edge because I'm like, football's here, but it's not here. And it's like it's this weird time of year where I'm always just like so antsy about yeah. everything. But I'd love to get your thoughts on how training camp's going, on what you've seen around Twitter and in the news and what are what are your thoughts on kind of where the where the team is right now yeah i mean it's totally what you're what you're
1: talking about those those first couple weeks you know it's one of those things where it's like you can dismiss every little bit of news you don't want to hear with hey it's early and they've kind of reached the point where like it's not quite so early i mean the second preseason game is about to happen i'm still not sure yet in this brave new world of three preseason games if the second one is what the old third one used to be um it seems yeah, to vary by head coach and how they treat it. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the the time where, you know, if there were consistent, bad trends, you'd start to really worry about it. Um, but I think that's kind of been the, the thing that, that I have heard about bears camp, or the thing that I've kind of enjoyed compared to previous years is I, I don't know that there have been a lot of consistent trends from bears camp. You know, it sounds like, there have been days when the offense has won and there have been days when the defense has won. Um, And maybe for most franchises, that's normal. But I think as bears fans, we're pretty used to training camp being a never ending parade of, well, the offense looked like they didn't know what a football was again today. The defense smothered, the defense was snarling. um, And, you know, I think it, I've always said this. It's really funny training camp is the only time of year where you are rooting for your defense to give up hundred percent completion percentage. Um, but yeah, anytime, you know, you hear, Oh, Justin Fields picked off in camp, you, you get a little antsy, but at the same time, they spent a lot of money on that defense this off season. They've spent a lot of picks uh, on that secondary. So if they were getting consistently beat like a drum, that's something that you would worry about too. So what I am taking comfort in is I really don't feel like this camp has been And I haven't been there, but I just going by what I've heard, who I follow, who I talk to that has been there. I don't really feel like there's been a consistent, oh, the offense is looking really bad. The defense is looking really bad. It's been a good back and forth. And I think that's about what you can hope for. Um, And some of the guys who have been standouts are guys, you know, that you uh, went down with an injury. But it was encouraging to hear Chase Claypool was making his presence known. That's a huge thing for them. Uh, it's a. It's cool to hear Tyreek Stevenson is flashing. It's cool to hear that Kyler Gordon looks like he's leveled up. So that's that's about how I feel about it. It's it's not all good news. It's not all bad news. At least for not for any one side of the ball. So I, there have been worse training camps.
0: Yeah, on the the thing you mentioned with Claypool, like I remember when that the the thing happened with him and Eddie Jackson it was kind of like it's like, huh? The offense is allowed to do that. That's what it felt like. Like the offense is allowed to fight back. I didn't think they were allowed to all this time. Like it, it it just felt so rare as a bears fan that you heard like that the offense was kind of starting something. Obviously you don't want fights or anything like that in camp, but like outside of Kyle long, I don't know if I remember ever a a bears offensive player, like off the top of my head.
1: Let's never forget the time. Bennett body slammed Kyle Fuller. And was surprised yeah. to find out that body slamming your rookie first round pick is generally frowned upon. Um but yeah, no, okay, I, totally I guess agree. It,
0: that didn't cross a line.
1: It definitely <laughs> it, it, it would be nice to see the Bears offense not only obviously be a lot better than we are used to Bears' offenses being, but it would be nice to see them have a little swagger to them. You know, it yeah. would be it I don't know. I mean, you hear this so many times with the Bears offense that even it, it doesn't matter who is the head coach, who is the coordinator. It never seems to change, but the bears offense has just lacked an identity for so long. There are so many years. You could not ask me, like, what is the thing that they do well when their backs against the wall, what are their bread and butter plays? Um, and so, yeah, I, I'd like this. It, it, I'd like to see this offense build that out and, and have things that they could fall back on. They should be, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL at running the ball again. Um, they have only upgraded their backfield and, Justin Fields isn't going anywhere, hopefully. So uh, that, that should be something that can always fall back on. But in the passing game, too, I think, you know, when you have a DJ Moore, um, you know, they always say in big situations, think players not plays. Well, they finally have some players. So
0: that's that's that is a huge step, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess just thinking about it, like, what do you think the last Bears identity was? Is it just go all the way back to Rex Grossman when they came off the bus running or like, uh, you know? it might be that
1: or what my dad always refers to as the best offense they ever had, which was Peyton left Peyton, right pass to Peyton. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that they have, they've not just been bad, but they, they have lacked an identity, especially, I mean, Matt Nagy's offenses were notorious. I, it never, I could never quite figure out what it is they wanted to be. Um, and I thought last year you could you could see the bones of what Luke Getzey wanted this offense to be. Uh they just didn't have the horses to run it, but I mean uh, they want to be a team obviously that that runs the ball and then they want to beat you deep primarily off of play action off of that. They want to be yeah. Um, they want to use a lot of misdirection, they want to use a lot of guys in motion. Um you know, very much similar to what, you know, what you see with Kyle Shanahan and, you know, San Francisco obviously though there's only one of those guys, but um, yeah, I, I I do see the identity that I think they want to have. The last year, they just didn't quite have the the players to impose it. And, yeah, I'd like to see them start to impose their will this year. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this this offense kind of evolves around Justin Fields. Because I'm with you. I think I, think I know the base of their identity. But at the same time, that identity, if you want to say it's Shanahan, it's a lot different with Jimmy Garoppolo than it is with RG3, you know, yeah. like it's very different things. So I'm really excited to watch that this year. You know, it's, it's,
1: it's funny. Cause when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, a lot of people were like, Oh, Kyle Shanahan has another RG3 finally. Cause the best version of Kyle Shanahan's offense we ever saw was actually with RG3. And I was sitting there going, but does anyone remember Kyle and his dad, Ran RG three out of town like they didn't want to run that offense with him. They preferred Kirk Cousins. So to hear that Kyle Shanahan has maybe never quite been sold on Trey Lance didn't surprise me. That was I was like I I don't know that that is quite what he's going for. A a digression there that's got nothing to do with the Bears, but when you mentioned it, I was like I. A lot of people were making that as a positive comparison, and I was like, Am I the only one that remembers that the Shanahan's kind of openly despised RG (laughs) three? So
0: and here we are again. Trey Lance
1: is third string quarterback in year three after all that, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was always something just really bizarre about that pick. Always something I always just felt so odd about it, you know. Um, But I think we're going to roll into our main segment with Absolutely. this show. Yeah, you've got some good which stuff. Is, I'm
1: excited to get to this.
0: We're we're just basically taking some hot takes from Bears camp and explaining yeah. if we're buying them buying or our- selling them. So in this case, the, the way that I'm reading it is buying would be like, I'm in on this take. I believe it's true. Selling it is like, get me out of this take. This ain't, this isn't happening. I need to get my money back as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, this will be, this will be difficult for me because I like to hedge. I'm a hedger. Uh, Trav, if you do listen to
1: the, if you guys go listen to the Scott after this, you'll, you'll, Travis will make fun of me a lot. Cause I, I am a guy who kind of likes to offer all of the different options. So i Committing one way or the other on some of these was hard for me, but I think I'm there.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I always like to take both sides and then like explain how they could each happen, but then like not actually commit. So it's, it's a, uh, we just got to go with our gut on these though. So the first one that I have laid out here is that, are you buying or selling that Noah Sewell is going to play a prominent role in this defense? whether that be a sandbacker or a blitzbacker.
1: I'm going to buy that one, actually. Um, he is a freak athlete. We know how much Ryan Poles loves that. We know how important that is, this administration. Um, Jack Sanborn has missed a lot of camp. Uh, to me, he looked a step slow um, against the Titans. And I think that might just be him getting back up to game speed. Um, I'm not anti Sandborn. before people who are watching this start to kill me. Uh, we know we love our gritty linebackers uh, but I do think even in, in there's a there's a world where there's a role for both Sanborn and Sewell but yes as, specifically you said a, a blitzbacker rushbacker there's a lot of packages I think where they could get a little creative with Sewell and, and what he offers potentially as a blitzer um, and he, he has flashed daily at camp. I said camp hasn't been super consistent but one thing that has been super consistent throughout camp was all of these reports about Sewell. Um, That one I'm comfortable buying. I think he'll, I think he'll make some plays early on for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm buying this one. Um, I think the bears are going to have to manufacture some of their pass rush quite a bit. And it's going to be, I mean, that's what Noah Sewell did in college, right? That's what got people excited about him was his, his ability as a blitzer, his explosiveness in a straight line. Like that was one of the most intriguing parts of his draft profile. And we've seen it already in preseason. They're dropping D tackles and coverage like that. Yeah. They, I think that's something we're going to see.
1: They, they dropped uh Jervin Dexter into coverage on a couple snaps. Yeah. Um, I picked that one up right away while I was watching the game. I was like, Oh, look at that big boy dropping back. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, and Alan Williams, uh, you know, I give him an incomplete grade for last year, just same way I give Luke Getz an incomplete grade for last year because they were both working with such an empty toolbox. But um, I did feel there was that stretch there last year, from about the the Texans game all the way up through the Patriots game before they traded Rocon, before they traded Robert Quinn, where Allen Williams was doing some interesting things and creating pressure despite not having the guys that could just rush for. They were they were doing some interesting stuff. So I, I am interested to see what he can do. Uh, with that linebacker core that is a lot more talented and a lot more versatile now. But yes, that they're this is not a team that can just rush for and expect to get home every time. They're gonna have to get creative, and Sewell sounds like he's a fit for that in a way that Sanborn might not be.
0: And as you said, the the thing with, with Dexter dropping in coverage, like it just sparked something in my brain of like, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, huge, long. He can eat up a lot of space in the middle of the field. But Javon Dexter's what, 6'6", and he had one of the largest wingspans in the class. Short arms, but extremely wide chest. So he's just very long, very long wingspan. He can probably eat up a lot of space too, of just being like, well, this seven feet is not available now, and you got to deal with Edmonds behind me. So that that could be interesting. Now that I think that Dexter should be. A coverage player. But.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think that you wanna you wanna pull that one out of the, the that rabbit out of the hat too many times a game, but I, I think if you deploy it at the exact right time, it, it's it's a look that that quarterback might not be prepared for and it could lead to some confusion for sure. So uh but yeah, definitely buying that Sewell will have a
0: role early on here somewhere. So Yeah. Um and I mean I think to that point, if he is coming in as a blitzbacker, he needs to be playing Sam. Or, or like that's probably where he'd be, he needs to be on the field. I mean, I can't imagine blitzing. any
1: scenario where they take Edmonds or Edwards off the field for him. Not very right. often anyways, so especially not in anything that could be, especially in obvious passing downs. This is when you would assume he would be blitzing. So um,
0: yeah. Yeah. But I, I buy buying um, that one for sure. So next one here that we got buy or sell Tyreek Stevenson will be viewed as a top three cornerback from this draft class by the end of the season. So that means, I mean, what you have? Christian Gonzalez, you had the kid out of Illinois, and then you have uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The Banks. kid
1: out of Illinois. You're gonna disrespect my native state and and Witherspoon that quickly. You can't remember
0: his Witherspoon. Name. So I love. I'll, that, I'll be. Kid. I'll be honest. It just, I lost it for a second. I was like, I just gotta keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it. So I I will sell this one just because because uh, of two things, and it's not a knock on Tyreek Stevenson who sounds great. And one thing I love about him and one thing I love about Devin Witherspoon, mind you, I love the defensive back that just irritates the ever loving crap out of whoever he's covering. Um, Tyreek Stevenson has apparently made a mortal enemy of Chase Claypool already. Uh, He's just, just from covering him in camp. He's just so pissed having to deal with this kid. Um, And I love that he's irritated like that. I mean, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's made a career to being irritating about that. Us old heads probably remember Cortland Finnegan being, i just baiting on. Yeah. Andre Johnson into fights every year. um But yeah, I, I, I do like Tyreek Stevenson, but the, the reason I'm selling this is one, this is, this is, as you said, a huge highly touted corner class. There are so many talented rookies. um And the other reason I'm, I'm selling this is corners in this system just don't tend to get a lot of respect Nationally, I mean, with the, we this is not the same Tampa 2 that Lovey Smith ran, but it's its it's its its child, its descendant. Um, and I mean we saw how long. I mean, it took Charles Tillman, I feel like six, seven, eight years before he was nationally appreciated for what he did uh within that system. So Terry Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, a good example is this game against the Titans that they just had. He was targeted a lot. I think he was targeted eight times and he gave up six catches. One of them was a big one, that 30-yarder on the first drive. Um but the other, you know, the other five catches then averaged I think like 5 yards per catch if you take that one out. Um it is a scheme where you are you're you're conceding that short pass and you're you're rallying and you're tackling and you're limiting yak. Um and he has flashed already the skills to do that. He he loves to hit he wraps up. He tackles really well. He's aggressive against the run. Um, but it's for that reason he's not going to be that traditional shutdown corner. He's not going to go out there and lock down the number one wide right receiver um, and totally blanket him, you know, like a like a sauce gardener did last year for the Jets. So the only reason I'm selling that, um, the, or the two reasons I'm selling that are this is a very deep corner class. There's a lot of these kids that I like. And also, I think some of some of them are gonna get a lot more attention because they are gonna be playing in those straight man coverage, shut down corner roles that get a lot more attention. So not a knock on Tyreek at all, but I'm gonna sell that one.
0: So because you went with sell, I'm I'm gonna make the case to buy it. You going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. so I'm all probably right. selling this myself, but before I get into that, I'm gonna make a case to buy because Ultimately, I think this is going to come down to interceptions for the average fan, right? And the Bears are playing a pretty light schedule of quarterbacks. I mean, they're going to get Jordan Love twice in there alone, um, which we are all tempting. Fate I'll, I'll, I'll knock it's on wood so hard, right man. Now, we, I, but...
1: I, I I want to believe, but man, we are we are tempting fate. Sorry, I keep trying to move out of this sunlight that's blasting in my face. No, oh,
0: you're fine. I
1: should have, but yeah, I mean, I believe the they have
0: a pretty easy slate of quarterbacks. I mean, they're going to have Bryce Young in there. That's a rookie quarterback that you can confuse into making mistakes. Um, and then what was the NFC, the entire NFC South they play, don't they? Yeah. I mean, you got Desmond
1: Ritter, you got Bryce Young, you've got whoever's winning in Tampa. Baker, right now. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield might be Kyle Trask. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got Derek Carr who isn't a bad quarterback, although he's coming off, in my opinion, a pretty bad year and hasn't, He's thrown an interception or two in his life, too. So, yeah, I that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. And this is a turnover heavy uh defense when it works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure and it didn't and work, but in theory, counter, it is. So,
0: kind of counter to what you said, there was a year in there where Nathan Vasher got so much national praise because he had like eight picks something mm. like that and that that's how that's if you're not getting those picks in this defense i don't think you're getting national coverage but like if you are you're, you're getting picks and people notice uh but with that being said ultimately i'm gonna sell it just because i think the 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 two the top two corners to go between witherspoon and gonzalez were i think extremely well thought of You know, and I I loved both of their tape. Gonzalez, I had no worry about scheme fit. I thought he could just go just about anywhere and be very good. And Patriots got a steal in him. And then Witherspoon, I thought, ended up in an outstanding fit for what he does. Um, And then the third, so that's only two, though. So the top three, Deontay Banks. Was right up there with Witherspoon for me. So I'm having a hard time. And especially going into a Wink Martindale system, I think that that is going to be a good fit for him. So I just think he's going to have a hard time actually getting into the three because it was such a good class. Yeah. I
1: mean, and there's, I mean, also, there's just, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. is just a good story. Obviously, going to the Steelers, his dad's old team. If he does anything, he's going to get a lot of attention for that. So,
0: um, and people love Porter just because he's, you don't see, that often (laughs) you don't see someone that tall. that i mean
1: i think joey porter jr could be a very good player for sure yeah
0: so yeah Yeah. i I am
1: selling that one but it's really it's not about tyreek it really isn't it's it's just kind of about the system and what gets guys attention and um, and how you know what makes a great corner these days so at least in the eyes of
0: the media so next item here jervon dexter swerving jervin as the scott scott cast likes to call him which is my fantasy football name now. So thank you for that. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. Oh, I will tell Travis that. He's gonna love that. That's gonna make his day. Yeah. Uh
0: so Swervin Jervin will surpass Justin Jones on the depth chart by week one.
1: I wish I could buy that one. I'm a little concerned that I that I can't buy it right now, but I think I have to sell that right now unless he really comes out these next two preseason games or, or really dominates these practices against um, the Colts. Maybe I guess there's a, just one left tonight, but uh, I was really looking for more from him in that first preseason game. And I don't want to overrate a preseason game. I understand that, but he, the, the reports from camp were, were, were strong, but mixed. There were, uh, I mean, just the same thing that you saw when you if you watched his tape at Florida, this is a strong human being, and he will win some reps on later in the down, he will win some reps just through persistence and through strength. But the get off is a concern. The penetration is a concern. um, and, and, and I really I was hoping to see I mean, and it, it's, it's going to take a little while to fix that it is. But I was hoping to see a little bit of the a, a better get off against Tennessee, and I didn't see that. And so, unless he starts to flash that um, in the other preseason games, for sure, uh, I don't think I can buy him. I I hope by the end of the season. I hope by the middle of the season. But week one, right now, I'm selling that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and I and anyone who's followed my work or this podcast knows Javon Dexter is one of my dudes. Like I was big on him in the draft and I'm a little perplexed that he's being considered a three technique. I mean, I loved him as a one technique, you know, and it, it's just, yeah. seems, I, I, the traits are there, but like, I don't really the, s- get, get why
1: you're forcing it. The decision to make Dexter the three and, and give Pickens reps at the one. Cause when they were drafted, I saw them. I mean, yeah. Pickens is uh, at South Carolina could rush the passer a bit and couldn't do anything else. Uh, and Jervin is just such a monster of a man. I thought Eber Floos was looking at Jervin Dexter and seeing his next Grover Stewart. I really did. Yeah. So that that they've been lining up at three, that was surprising to me too. And, and also at three, it's not that he doesn't have technically the skill set to make it work. I mean, I can, you know, if you look at the measurables and, and, and stuff uh, there, there there's the bones of a good three technique there, but I think he needs even more work to get there than he would have if they had just put him at no. So yeah, for week one starter, I'm not there.
0: Yeah. And with the, the idea, like if I'm evaluating him as a three tech and through the draft, I evaluated him as a one tech, a four, three nose tackle. That's what I saw him as right. And it's for that. Arm length was not a concern to me because it was like I'm asking my nose to stuff up the run and, and not move. I don't think they'll be able to move this guy. But if you want more pass rush moves in there, I feel like arm length becomes a bigger deal. And that's where I start to worry. Because as I mentioned earlier, great wingspan, but poor arm length. So I'm not yeah. sure he can win that that, that first impactful contact as yeah, often as you like. I,
1: I mean, I, I guess we trust the experts here. I, I'm, I'm very curious why the coaching staff has made that decision, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think the, like I said, the the raw ability is in there somewhere. Just because that that guy is he is a rare athlete, um, yeah. but he's a project, and at three technique, he's a big project. And so week one, I'm not buying that. now.
0: Yeah. Um, so next. Item here, and this is this is a playoff the first preseason game. The Bears will be top five in the NFL in screen pass usage this season.
1: I am gonna buy that. Uh just because and this is a great point that um the the honest NFL account, I think is what it's called. He's at honest NFL or something like that. Gentlemen who I believe used to work for the Philadelphia Eagles in some capacity. Uh, he Considering was common- that
0: most of his stuff is Eagles related. Yes. I, I hope he worked for the Eagles. Otherwise he will, I mean, sure he has said us. before he was on,
1: <laughs> he was on Doug Peterson's staff there for sure. Um, and so he's very familiar with that Peterson, Nagy, Reich offense, Uh good resource for that. But he was responding to, um, you know, the immortal asshole Hub Arkish saying, uh, you, you wouldn't poo-pooing basically that just, yeah, oh, it looks good on the stack sheet, but Justin Fields didn't do anything. Um, but what the Honest NFL guy was saying is like, I, people are disregarding the fact that those screens are there because of the threat of Justin Fields. The defense is not, it's third and eight and the defense is keeping an extra defender in the box. They're playing light on the outside they're giving you those screen looks because Justin Fields could otherwise just take off and run up the middle and take those eight. I mean, eight yards is nothing to him on a scramble. I think he averaged nine yards per scramble last year. So those screens and everything, I think people, the the narrative about last week was so dumb. Uh, Yeah, it's an easy throw for Justin Fields. And at the same time, that easy opportunity is created by Justin Fields being Justin Fields. It's created by that Bears run game in general, they are going to consistently get those looks. Uh, And especially now that they have weapons on the outside and DJ Moore and and chase Claypool is a guy who um, can take a screen and really get some yak. He's, he's a better yak guy uh, than he is a a go up and get it guy, which is what people always want him to be with that frame. Uh, So yeah, they have better weapons. Now they defenses have to respect the threat of fields running in the middle, they're going to keep guys in the box and they're going to leave that perimeter vulnerable for that. So yeah, I, I will go 100%. And also I don't, I still don't trust this offensive line in
0: pure true pass sets yet. So the screens, there will be a lot of them. Yeah. I think that that last point is exactly where my head's at and why I'm buying it. Like I, the, I can throw all the O-line numbers I can find at you that show that the Bears O-line is good and still just the context is not there, right? It's the O-line numbers as far as like PFF grade or like pressures or whatever it is, so much of it is going to come down to what were they being asked to do. And uh, my favorite way to describe this is like, if the Eagles were operating at a college level of pass blocking the bears were probably operating at a middle school level of pass blocking last year like uh, from a pure like from a reading level aspect right like it's that they, they were just not asked to do the same types of things and the grades don't really show that out outside of when you're looking at true pass sets that's the only thing that can really give you a glimpse into that concept and screens just make sense at that point, you don't trust them to to be able to uh, hold up in a quick game. or And, I mean, obviously, you don't have to hold up that long. But against a blitz front, a guy might be getting right into the throwing lane on quick game. If you just keep it behind the line of scrimmage, you're in pretty good shape. And when you got athletes around fields like you do this year, between Moore and Claypool and Mooney. And, I mean, Herbert is as explosive as they come. Like, there, there's a lot of potential in the screen think- game.
1: And we'll talk about him a little bit later. I think he's on the agenda. But Rashawn Johnson, I think, is a guy you can definitely run some screens with.
0: And they had some very
1: good success last year running tight end screens with Cole Komet. I think Robert Tanyan is a guy that you can run some tight end screens to. So, yes, I think Luke Getzey wouldn't be doing his job if they weren't creative and
0: and prodigious in their use of screens, for sure. Yeah. Um, so next item to buy or to sell. And this one really rooted from the fact that I, I might be clinically insane. And I was going and looking at pump return stats for every running back, wide receiver, defensive back on the bears roster. And I came to realize that Tyler Scott was listed on their depth chart as the number two pump returner, but he never returned to punt in college. So, that being said, will Tyler Scott start the season as the Bears punt returner, despite never returning a punt in college? I'm going to sell that for a couple reasons. Uh, for one,
1: I think the only reason that Dante Pettis was re-signed is to be their emergency punt return option if Bayless Jones disappointed. And guess what Bayless Jones has done? It's what Valus Jones tends to do. He's disappointed. Um and actually, I mean, I feel bad for the kid, My the adult, the grown man, the AARP member of Bayless Jones. Um, I felt really bad for him because, I mean, the reports is that he hadn't muffed a single punt in camp. So, of course, he did in his first preseason game. Um, but that's all it takes to wipe out a whole goodwill of an entire camp like that, unfortunately, the minute it's live fire in some way and you're muffing it. Um, so, yeah, I think that competition was always Valus Jones versus himself. Um, he was either going to lock down punt returning duties, in which case his roster spot was safe uh, because he was a third round pick last year and they they don't want to give up on him. But if he has muffed his way out of that job, I think it's Dante Pettis's job. I don't think they want to put that much on Tyler Scott's plate too early, um, especially because, I mean, they just last year, they kind of assumed that Valus Jones could just handle being a punt returner without much experience. And it's been a disaster. So I, I would hope they've learned their lesson there and they're not just going to throw another rookie into the fire um, and just assume he can handle that. You know, it kind of reminds me of Moneyball, where it's just like where they're talking about playing first base and it's like, it's not that hard to tell him wash. It's incredibly hard. I'm guessing that's what Hightower, the special teams coach is saying when Ryan Poles is sitting in a prospect's office before the draft or house before the draft that he's saying, look, we'll just Tyler Scott, we're just going to have you return punts. It's not that hard. Tell him Hightower, and he's like, "It's incredibly
0: hard." So I, f- I forget what the number was. It was like, so well, so in college, I know Velas he returned eighteen punts all his final year at Tennessee, right? And in the NFL, I th- I want to say he muffed like three out of eight pump returns or something like that. Like it, it was a ludicrous rate of just like. What changed here? He only muffed one in college, one out of eighteen, which you know, still isn't great. But like, one I can forgive. Three is is awfully tough too. Um, and on the Tyler Scott front, I'm not buying it. I think it's depth chart smoke. I don't really get who they're trying to fool with it. But like, it's I just. I mean, I'm it's sure odd, it's. It's maybe
1: part of their long-term plan for him, but God, I would hope they don't yeah. just throw it at that kid week one. That would be, that would be bad. And that's and that's such a, that is such an easy way to turn a fan base against a guy quickly. I mean, Valus's fate was sealed for most of the Bears fan base the minute he muffed that punt against the Giants. I think it was it the Giants or was it Washington that he muffed? He watched, he muffed one against the Giants and then against Washington, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I was I mean, say, I think it might have been. Post. Yeah, it wasn't a good impression
1: when he muffed against the Giants. And then the minute he, he muffed that one against the commanders, like that was at that point on, I think the majority of the fan base wrote off Bayless Jones and it was on him to earn them back. Uh, and which he hasn't yeah. done yet so far. But and that's just, that's rough. That is rough for a first year player um, to have that hill to climb so quickly in your career. So yeah, I would hope they're not going to do that to Tyler Scott. I don't want to see Dante Pettis on this roster any more than the next guy, but I would have to assume it's, Bayless Jones needs to really dominate these last two games as a punt returner these last couple of weeks of practice before the reg- the opener, um, or else we're probably looking at Bayless Jones as a surprise cut and Dante Pettis as their regular punt returner to start the season.
0: Yeah, uh, I almost wonder if uh, Eberflus, if late in the game, like a team is right at like the 40-something, if, if he's going over and slipping in like a $5 bill to coach and being like, pun it, pun it. <laughs> cut it, cut it. please we need the rest well and also i mean nfl
1: punters are good at their jobs i think that's something that people really underestimate uh when it comes to punts like nfl punters are they are the best punters in the world for a reason they can There's put spin on things they can change angles they can do things that even college punters routinely can't it, it is harder to track the ball it is it's it's more difficult than it looks like um so yeah, I, I think the Bears have really they underestimated how difficult it would be to just turn a guy into a regular punt returner. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I don't I don't think it'll be Tyler Scott no matter what happens. Not not week one
0: for sure. That that triggers in my head. Like I I almost wonder if there is a certain like spin or technique that has just like thrown Velas a giant curveball and it's just been like I can't figure this out. Because it's it's something they never saw in college. I could be that. I mean, sometimes it's just you, you overthink things, man. You
1: really do. It's yeah, you get in your own head
0: so badly. The yips are real. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely are. So next one here, we got what four more left here. So this next one, Tyree Carter will make Lucas Patrick expendable as the swing interior offensive lineman. I'm going to sell that one just because
1: I don't know if the kid can snap the ball. Um, I do think a backup center is kind of important just because uh, Cody Whitehair has not been the picture of health the last couple seasons. I don't think you want to go into the the regular season without a, a, some guy you feel fairly comfortable snapping the ball, handling the protection calls, all of that stuff at center. Um, I would think if, if Jatari Carter is a threat to anybody's job it's it's probably in my opinion uh Alex Leatherwood who has not impressed so far i believe at guard
0: well i couldn't do alex leatherwood cuz he's already expendable yes um, but yeah i mean i his salary I did is not. still guaranteed though i think as
1: a first draft former first round pick i think they assume the whole so oh, did they? I, if, if Alex Leatherwood has anything going for him, I do think it might be that his. I think his salary is still guaranteed as a first-round pick. So,
0: okay. Um. So on this one, I did not put a by certain date time. So like by the end of camp, I'm with you. I'm selling it, but by mid-season, and I, and I don't think they're going to go cut Lucas Patrick mid-season. So it's really by next season. After hearing that early in camp that they were playing him snaps at center, I think it's their plan. To... It could be. It could be, yeah. So, yeah, no, if, you, if you're if you taking that long of a view,
1: then I think I am with you there for sure. Yeah. I don't think Lucas Patrick is in their 2024 plans. I do think Jatari Carter is. Um, I think they viewed him as a long-term project. And I, I think it was smart um, that they didn't, you know, commit to him as a starter in any position uh, on this offensive line. Yeah. That would have been a very Jerry Angelo move. Um he loved to do that. Yeah, we got this Jamarcus Webb kid. He was a complete unmitigated disaster, but we like his potential. We're just gonna commit to him as our left tackle for the next three years. Um, but yeah, I I they they obviously they hedged, you know, they they hedged against it, but they signed Nate Davis. They they didn't trade away Tevin Jenkins, even though that was a rumor at one point. Um, but yeah, I do think they see Jatari Carter as a guy who could potentially be their starting guard or center next year. Um I would love to see them go out next off season and just get a real damn center in free agency or the draft ever since Olin Krutz retired. It has felt like the bears are just constantly underrating the importance of getting a true committed center. Um But yeah, I, I, I if you're going with that long of a window, I will buy that yeah. Tyree Carter will be around longer than Lucas Patrick, for sure.
0: Now, on that point, like I – center's weird, man. Like I so, – so I just did this thing where I was going through every NFL team's depth chart and trying to put, like, number grades on players and trying to, you know, build out power rankings from it. And it's like one thing an exercise like that will teach you is just how poor some of the centers in the NFL are from a, like – could they play guard aspects? Like, no, this guy should never play guard like ever. And it's, they, it almost feels like the NFL is taking a trend where it's like, well, we can have a guy who's really good at blocking people, but doesn't see the full picture of the offense or doesn't, doesn't get the mental side as well. Or we can get a guy who really knows the mental side and is more of a liability as a blocker, but he's out there just taking up space and they're probably pretty equal. So, we're just going to go with the guy who has the mental side down. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing that you got to figure there's more guys out there who have the athletic capability and the mental side, but it seems it's becoming more and more evident to me that maybe there just aren't that many of those guys.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's, it is one of, to me, one of the most important positions and yet just so consistently undervalued and not just by the bears, just by the league in general. I mean, Ethan Pochich was a guy that I was hoping the bears would sign was a top notch center for Cleveland last year. uh, And he couldn't, nobody was interested. I think he went back for, I mean, a very minor deal. It wasn't nothing that broke the bank in any way. The market just wasn't there for these centers. Um, But I mean, I think when you look at the truly great offensive lines in this league, you've got the Eagles with Jason Kelsey, Uh, And they've got Cam Juergens ready to go behind him already. They already have that succession plan in place. They have had – he'll have had multiple years to learn on the job before he takes over. Uh, The Chiefs, you know, they drafted Humphrey. uh, They made that a priority. Um, Usually the very best offensive lines do prioritize uh, that center position. So it it seems to be a place where a lot of teams try to either save in the budget or – save and draft capital they really they underinvest there but the elite units the elite offensive lines are the ones that prioritize that position i think so i would love to see the bears go look for their 10-year starter at center next year and maybe jatari carter is that guy for them that would be awesome if he's the plan is to use him as a swing interior O line and bring him along and maybe have him learn the trade of center as he does that would be cool um but yeah they they I would like them to really start looking for a long-term answer at center, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, So staying on the O-line, buy or sell, it is time to be worried about Nate Davis.
1: I had a hard time with this one because I would like you to define what you mean by worried about Nate Davis.
0: Not practicing. Is there a real, like, lingering injury that's just gonna keep being an issue all year is it like like Chris Williams Chris Williams is what I have in my head it's just rude to ask a man to come on your show and bring up
1: Chris Williams I mean come on <laughs> I'm still processing some trauma uh yeah so long term am I worried about his health from this particular injury no God, this, this was, I struggled with this one badly. Um, I'm, I'm going to work through this as, as I go before I give an answer, I think. Um, this particular injury, no, I'm not worried about it long-term. Um, his injury history in general, a little concerning, yes, especially when he's playing opposite of Tevin Jenkins, who has not consistently shown he can stay healthy either. Um, I definitely worry about the two of them as a unit. I guess my... Bigger worry is more that this offensive line has not had time to gel together. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, I, I will say I'll, I'll, I'll give it a buy, And it's not so much about Nate Davis, but so much as it is the effect that Nate Davis missing so much of camp, missing so much because he, did, he didn't practice during. Uh, most of minicamp either did he? he missed a lot of minicamp or no, OTAs or something he, he wasn't there um, for, for a good chunk of it yeah so I guess that's where I'm buying my worry about Navis is Nate Davis isn't this particular injury it's and it's more about this offensive line as a whole than Nate Davis but he's the main factor here offensive lines take time to gel we've learned this they have they take time to work together Um I think the Bears offensive line which was never great last year declined considerably as the season went along due to injuries and, and the constant roster, the constant shuffling. I don't think they started the same five guys consistently at all in the last five, six games. It, it got really bad. Um, so yeah, anytime a guy's missing most of the off season and those key reps where they start to build that cohesion as a unit uh, that does concern me. Absolutely. And the bear, this scheme asks a lot of the offensive lineman in terms of it, mentally in terms of knowing what the, their run fits and all the different things they do uh, in the same way. It asks a lot of the wide receivers in terms of blocking and position and alignment. That's why chase Claypool came along so slowly after the trade last year. So yeah, I, I do worry about Nate Davis missing those reps. I worry about the offensive line missing that chance to to gel together. So I guess I will buy that one. It's just not specifically about the injury.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there because like specific to the injury, I mean, I'm, and I, I'm no doctor. So I'll make this quick. But my general thought is maybe there's a there's something there with a, with, with a knee or an ankle or what have you that like is always going to be an issue for a guy. But it's never going to be a detrimental issue. So it's more of like load management type stuff where it's like the coach. So I got hey, just don't don't worry about camp. You'll you'll be fine. But like when the season gets here, we need you. We need you 100 percent. Like I'm wondering if there's something like that there as to why the guy would be missing training camp and preseason games like this, but the team not be worried about it long-term. But from your point, I mean, I think that that is, like I said, nail on the head, the continuity along the offensive line, the understanding of the guy next to you, the guy on each side of you, because you're playing guard and the fact that if – one of the guards goes down, it probably means two new, two guys at new positions because you're going to have Lucas Patrick Pry at center and Cody Whitehair kicking out the guard, it all, so it yes, impacts two yeah. spots. Um, well, so and I, I didn't even bring that. this up, but I mean, Darnell
1: Wright is a rookie. And I think that chemistry, that relationship, that trust between him and Nate Davis, the guy who's going to be immediately next to him, the guy who's probably going to Help him with some double teams. The guy who's gonna, you know, that, that he's gonna have to trust. He can pass off his guy. Um, that that's important stuff for Darnell. Maybe it's more important for Darnell that it is for Nate. But it's Nate at Nate's absence nonetheless. So, uh, and not to pile on the guy because it does sound like I think he's practicing today, finally. So that's yeah. good. But yeah. It, it the lack of time does concern me for sure, and and more the ripple effect along the line. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Next one here. This is one of my favorite ones. Buy or sell that the bears will ever have enough linebackers.
1: They, I guess I'm going to buy that. Cause God, they have, they have really just in the last week, they have shuffled the deck so hard. That line, yeah, they just keep bringing run. them in. The conspiracy <laughs> theorist in me is a little afraid that maybe Tremaine Edmonds injury is a little worse than they've maybe let on. Um, we've been assured that he should be ready to go week one, but the, the more, cause I mean, the guy, I can't, I've got I forgot his name already. The guy they picked up from Atlanta. That is a guy who started some games that and who has, like, a real contract. It's not a lot, but it's, you know, he's not making the minimum, I don't believe. So, for them to claim that contract made me a little worried because I was like, ah, are they trusting that Tremaine Edmonds is their week one? Um, but, yeah, I mean, Iberflus is, he's a linebacker. This whole scheme of his revolves around linebackers. He loves his linebackers. Um, it seems like they will never be content with the linebackers that they have.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I'm buying it because I, I just don't, I don't know why, but it seems like they're never going to never going to stop bringing in linebackers to work out. So it just, I'm just jumping on the train for it. Um, Last one here. Roshan Johnson will play over 40% of the bears offensive snaps this year. Buy or sell. I really struggled with this one too.
1: But I I mean, because this is a talented backfield. I love this backfield. Uh, but ultimately I'm going to buy it. And the reason that I'm going to buy it is because everything that folks have said about Rashawn Johnson has consistently praised his pass blocking, um, which is usually the, the thing that keeps a rookie running back off the field. I think that might be his path onto the field because I think he, if he's truly an adequate pass blocker, which Khalil Herbert has struggled with, uh, which Dante Foreman has struggled with. um, I I thought Travis Homer was signed to be a pass blocking specialist for them. Uh, But then they spent a fourth round pick on Rashawn, who uh, I don't think they expected to be there when they drafted him. And they drafted him because it was truly best player available there. Uh, I think Travis Homer may be one of the poor odd guys out here or Tristan Ebner for sure. Um, but yeah, it seems like Rashawn Johnson can hold down some serious pass block reps. And if so, that's a strong path for him to get on the field and get on the field a lot because then he truly, because he's not a guy you're afraid to give carries to either. I mean, he had that fantastic run, um, broke off a lot of yards after contact. So he's a guy that they can hand the ball off to on first and second down. But if he's also a guy that they trust with those pass pro reps, uh, that's huge. So yeah, I think maybe not. 40% 40% week one, but when week 17's in the books and we're looking back and we're tallying it up, I think 40%, probably a reasonable figure. I'll buy that one.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's something that we're going to see build up throughout the year. Like to, you know, week one, maybe it's 20%, but then by by the end of the season, it's, you know, 50, 60%. But for exactly why you said, the pass protection aspect is huge to me. it It, it gets rid of the idea of a tell right if you have them in there on running downs and passing downs it's not saying oh every time this guy's in there passing the ball because he's their pass protection back he's there he can be their everything back but i'm selling the 40% number i just think it's going to be a lower early in the year and i'm not sure it's going to be high enough late in the year to to actually surpass 40% and a big part of that is just i'm what one of the things in roshan's film that I was watching from Texas during the leading up to the draft was like, this guy can bang, you know, this guy can block. He can, he can be a receiver, but that, that top end explosiveness, I didn't feel like there, which obviously Khalil Herbert is. I mean, he hit one
1: last weekend. Yeah. Um, He's done it
0: before. Yeah. I think that with the run lanes, you're going to get from Justin Fields being your quarterback you're going to want to capitalize on those a little too much for him to be over 40% for the year. Now, eventually, I think he will be there, but um, as long as you got Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman on the roster, I think you're going to want that explosiveness out there as well. Yeah, it, 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 that's definitely one of the things that would be one of the most interesting things to follow this
1: year is how they divvy up those carries, those touches, because uh, this is a very solid, very deep backfield um, for sure. So I, I'm excited. I, like I said, I think Tra- Travis Homer, when he was signed, I thought it was a lock for the opening day yeah. roster because uh, he just seemed so obviously to me to be the third down back, the specialist back, the pass blocking back. Um, but if Roshan as a rookie is ready to handle those pass blocking reps, then that's that's a quick path onto the field for him. And it's a quick path to free agency for Travis Homer,
0: I think. So we'll have to see. Uh, how that shakes Man, out. Yeah. It, I barely I even be, looked at running backs leading up to the draft. Cause I was like, they're not drafting. I wasn't expecting back. that though. I mean, when they,
1: when they took him, I was excited though. Cause I was like, wow, yeah. not on, I mean, I same reaction Ryan Poles had. I didn't think he'd be there in the fourth round. I really didn't. I thought he yeah. would have to go no later than round three. And I didn't really want the bears spending a pick in the first three rounds on a running back. But in round four, I liked both of their, their picks at that. Round. I like I liked Tyler Scott and I liked Rashad Johnson a lot. Those are, two skill players that were the two of my favorites uh, out of this year's crop of skill players in the draft for sure.
0: Yeah, I thought they got some some really interesting value between those two guys and Terrell Smith too. Like some guys who were kind of flying under the radar but had flashed, you know, like they didn't have as many opportunities. I guess Tyler Scott had plenty of opportunities and flashed throughout them. But the other two in in Roshan Johnson and Terrell Smith, it was kind of like – there was a little bit of disbelief within scouting community of like we've seen it, but we haven't seen it a lot because they're not on tape a lot but that wraps us up on our questions is there there anything anything you wanted to to, to mention to to bear your heart out about the bears <laughs> or to bear my- get out there uh hell?
1: No, I mean, thanks for having me on. I already shouted out my, you know, I already, I already self-promoted at the beginning. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. These questions were great. I really, I was agonizing with them as I was still discussing some of them. I really, like I said, I didn't know. <laughs> a couple of them, I didn't have the answers I was going to give until I was speaking. Um, this this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Um, but, you know, if, if you folks liked me, if you really liked me, uh, the Scott cast we're out there to start Kyle Orton. Um, hopefully you'll join us too, but this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Absolutely. Make sure to go check out Kyle's stuff on Twitter. Start Kyle Orton with an I instead of it. It's in there. Yep. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of bears on tap. Make sure to go check out our website on tap sports net for. All Chicago sports content. We cover every single one of them. Um, and we are one of two Bears podcasts on the ONTAP Sportsnet podcast network, also including Bears Nation. Thank you for joining us. Hope you guys have a great evening.